began to search that tall closet of grandfathers. We found father's old yearbooks, photographs of relatives, Christmas cards from years gone by, and party dresses and jewelry boxes, but no star. We searched under beds and over shelves, inside and outside, until we had exhausted every possibility. We could see Grandmother was disappointed, although she tried not to show it. We could buy a new star, Christy offered. I'll make you one from construction paper, Karen chimed in. No, Grandmother said. This year, we won't have a star. By now, it was dark outside, and time for bed, as Santa would soon be here. We lay in bed, snowflakes falling quietly outside. The next morning, my sisters and I woke up early, as was our habit on Christmas Day, first to see what Santa had left under the tree, and second to look for the Christmas star in the sky. After a traditional breakfast of apple pancakes, the family sat down together to open presents. Santa had brought me the easy-bake oven I wanted, and Donna a chatty Cathy doll. Karen was thrilled to get the doll buggy she had asked for, and Christy to get the china tea set. Father was in charge of passing out the presents so that everyone would have something to open at the same time. The last gift is to Grandmother from Grandfather, he said in a puzzled voice. From who? There was surprise in my grandmother's voice. I found that gift in Grandfather's closet when we got the tree down, Mother explained. It was already wrapped, so I put it under the tree. I thought it was one of yours. Hurry and open it! Karen urged excitedly. My grandmother shakily opened the box. Her face lit up with joy when she unfolded the tissue paper and pulled out a glorious golden star. There was a note attached. Her voice trembled as she read it aloud. Don't be angry with me, dear. I broke your star while putting away the decorations, and I couldn't bear to tell you. Thought it was time for a new one. I hope it brings you as much joy as the first one. Merry Christmas. Love, Bryant. So Grandmother's tree had a star after all, a star that expressed my grandparents' everlasting love for one another. It brought my grandfather home for Christmas in each of our hearts and made it our best Christmas ever. The Wallet by Arnold Fine. As I walked home one freezing day, I stumbled on a wallet someone had lost in the street. I picked it up and looked inside to find some identification so I could call the owner. But the wallet contained only three dollars and a crumpled letter that looked as if it had been in there for years. The envelope was worn and the only thing that was legible on it was the return address. I started to open the letter hoping to find some clue. Then I saw the dateline, 1924. The letter had been written almost 60 years earlier. It was written in a beautiful feminine handwriting on powder blue stationery with a little flower in the left-hand corner. It was a Dear John letter that told the recipient, whose name appeared to be Michael, that the writer could not see him anymore because her mother forbade it. Even so, she wrote that she would always love him. It was signed, Hannah. It was a beautiful letter, but there was no way except for the name Michael to identify the owner. Maybe if I called information, the operator could find a phone listing for the address on the envelope. Operator, I began. This is an unusual request. I'm trying to find the owner of a wallet that I found. Is there any way you can tell me if there's a phone number for an address that was on an envelope in the wallet? 
She suggested I speak with her supervisor, who hesitated for a moment, and then said, Well, there is a phone listing at that address, but I can't give you the number. She said as a courtesy she would call that number, explain my story, and ask whoever answered if the person wanted her to connect me. I waited a few minutes, and then the supervisor was back on the line. I have a party who will speak with you. I asked the woman on the other end of the line if she knew anyone by the name of Hannah. She gasped. Oh, we bought this house from a family who had a daughter named Hannah, but that was thirty years ago. Would you know where that family could be located now, I asked. I remember that Hannah had to place her mother in a nursing home some years ago, the woman said. Maybe if you got in touch with them, they might be able to track down the daughter. She gave me the name of the nursing home, and I called the number. The woman on the phone told me the old lady had passed away some years ago, but the nursing home did have a phone number for where the daughter might be living. I thanked the person at the nursing home and phoned the number she gave me. The woman who answered explained that Hannah herself was now living in a nursing home. This whole thing is stupid, I thought to myself. Why am I making such a big deal over finding the owner of a wallet that has only three dollars and a letter that is almost sixty years old? Nevertheless, I called the nursing home in which Hannah was supposed to be living, and the man who answered the phone told me, Yes, Hannah is staying with us. Even though it was already 10 p.m., I asked if I could come by to see her. Well, he said hesitatingly, if you want to take a chance, she might be in the day room watching television. I thanked him and drove over to the nursing home. The night nurse and a guard greeted me at the door. We went up to the third floor of the large building. In the day room, the nurse introduced me to Hannah. She was a sweet, silver-haired old-timer with a warm smile and a twinkle in her eye. I told her about finding the wallet and showed her the letter. The second she saw the powder-blue envelope with that little flower on the left, she took a deep breath and said, Young man, this letter was the last contact I ever had with Michael. She looked away for a moment, deep in thought, and then said softly, I loved him very much. But I was only sixteen at the time, and my mother felt I was too young. Oh, he was so handsome. He looked like Sean Connery, the actor. Yes, she continued, Michael Goldstein was a wonderful person. If you should find him, tell him I think of him often, and, she hesitated for a moment, almost biting her lip, tell him I still love him. You know, she said, smiling as tears welled up in her eyes, I never did marry. I guess no one ever matched up to Michael. I thanked Hannah and said goodbye. I took the elevator to the first floor, and as I stood by the door, the guard there asked, Was the old lady able to help you? I told him she had given me a lead. At least I have a last name, but I think I'll let it go for a while. I spent almost the whole day trying to find the owner of this wallet. I had taken out the wallet, which was a simple brown leather case with red lacing on the side. And when the guard saw it, he said, Hey, wait a minute. That's Mr. Goldstein's wallet. I'd know it anywhere with that bright red lacing. He's always losing that wallet. I must have found it in the halls at least three times. Who's Mr. Goldstein? I asked as my hand began to shake. He's one of the old-timers on the eighth floor. That's Mike Goldstein's wallet for sure. He must have lost it on one of his walks. I thanked the guard and quickly ran back to the nurse's office. I told her what the guard had said. We went back to the elevator and got on. I prayed that Mr. Goldstein would be up. On the eighth floor, the floor nurse said, I think he's still in the day room. He likes to read at night. He's a darling old man. We went to the only room that had any lights on, and there was a man reading a book. 
The nurse went over to him and asked if he had lost his wallet. Mr. Goldstein looked up with surprise, put his hand in his back pocket, and said, Oh, it is missing. This kind gentleman found a wallet, and we wondered if it could be yours. I handed Mr. Goldstein the wallet, and the second he saw it, he smiled with relief and said, Yes, that's it. It must have dropped out of my pocket this afternoon. I want to give you a reward. No, thank you, I said. But I have to tell you something. I read the letter in the hope of finding out who owned the wallet. The smile on his face suddenly disappeared. You read that letter? Not only did I read it, I think I know where Hannah is. He suddenly grew pale. Hannah? You know where she is? How is she? Is she still as pretty as she was? Please, please tell me, he begged. She's fine. Just as pretty as when you knew her, I said softly. The old man smiled with anticipation and asked, Could you tell me where she is? I want to call her tomorrow. He grabbed my hand and said, You know something, mister? I was so in love with that girl that when that letter came, my life literally ended. I never married. I guess I've always loved her. Michael, I said, come with me. We took the elevator down to the third floor. The hallways were darkened, and only one or two little nightlights lit our way to the day room, where Hannah was sitting alone, watching the television. The nurse walked over to her. Hannah, she said softly, pointing to Michael, who was waiting with me in the doorway. Do you know this man? She adjusted her glasses, looked for a moment, but didn't say a word. Michael said softly, almost in a whisper, Hannah, it's Michael. Do you remember me? She gasped. Michael, I don't believe it. Michael, it's you, my Michael. He walked slowly toward her, and they embraced.